Hello, and welcome to Kroll Security Concepts Podcast, the podcast where Kroll security experts discuss the more prevalent topics in today's risk environment. This week, we're going to be discussing success stories in the management of COVID-19 in the workplace with the Environmental Health and Safety and Security Director from the Boston Beer Company, Marianne Pollack. Marianne joined Boston Beer Company over seven years ago to lead EHS and security, saying that after 20 years in this line, this is the best job she's ever had. Marianne was tasked with managing her normal job duties, plus those COVID-19 implementations across the Boston Beer Company, and is here to tell us about some of Boston Beer's programs and their successes. Marianne, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jeff. It's great to be here. Well, it's very nice to have you as a big craft beer fan. This has been one that's been very exciting to me to have on our schedule. I'm glad we finally get to get you on the podcast. Uh, We'll go right into the questions uh, because I know there's a lot of things we need to get covered here. But my main question I'll start with is with all the issues related to COVID-19, aluminum shortages, everything that's affecting the craft beverage market. Is it true that Boston Beer is actually setting internal records for the amount of product going out the door? We are. Actually, um, 2020 was um, has been has turned out to be a very good year for for Boston Beer. We were fortunate in that we were able to um, stay productive and, and and keep producing beer at at record volume, um, and we were able to meet the demand of the market, which is is a craft beer lover. I'm sure you can appreciate rose exponentially with people staying at home and you know just generally having more time. Yeah, I've I've certainly done my part to keep you uh, busy. <laughs> now, what were the the kind of the top reasons that you think that your COVID nineteen response program worked so well, keeping you working, keeping everybody in in uh, the workplace? I think there's I think there's probably three things. Um, one is that we responded early, and you know we we had we responded early with a mandate from our our. Chairman Jim and founder Jim Cook that we would create the safest environment for our coworkers outside of their home, and 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 we and we endeavored to do that um, right from the start. We introduced very very quickly health screening protocols, temperature checks, mandatory masks while at work, and were vigilant and diligent about ensuring coworkers' compliance with those measures. The third thing we did was to be constantly in front of our coworkers to ensure they understood the risks of the virus, not just you know within the brewery, but within the communities. And with the recognition, the lines are very blurry between what happens at home and what happens at work. Um, and then there were lots of tactical improvements that we made so that, you know, our coworkers could have a better experience coming to work. We, we offered uh, pandemic pay for, for the period of time when the, when the pandemic, when the pandemic closed the other communities. We offered things like hotel rooms if people um, wanted to stay close to the brewery and not go home for fear of bringing the virus home. Um, you know, we sent masks home for families to wear. So we were 
you know, it, it was it was a lot of things that sort of came together and um, and quite honestly evolved over the course of the pandemic and continue to evolve. Um, but the commitment we made to our coworkers with, was that we were going to create the safest place outside of their homes. And we did that. Well, I think it really helps that you do have buy-in from the top. You know, your founder is very much behind a lot of the, the impetus for really putting these programs in. Uh, we have found that that is pretty much paramount when it comes to the importance of actually making these systems work is having that buy-in from the top. The people actually making the decisions want this to happen, and that helps uh, immensely. You know, as we kind of see these numbers starting to increase again and, and these issues starting to happen at a more regular rate, COVID-19, uh, are there any new things, any new technology that you guys are looking at that you might want to deploy? Or are you guys pretty well set with your what you have now? You know, I think I think the fundamentals work, um, wearing a mask, staying six feet apart, you know, making available hand washing stations. Those are those three things combined, whether you're at work or at home, those are the, that's sort of the magic um, formula for preventing the transmission of the virus. That said, we recognize that, you know, our coworkers are getting a little fatigued as, as the world is getting fatigued with the virus. So we have to continuously kind of step up our communications game. We have to look at creative ways of doing things. Um, you know, for example, we always have holiday parties for, for brewery coworkers. How do we, I mean, we're not going to do that in this, this year for obvious reasons. So how do we, how do we think about providing some acknowledgement and recognition for those folks at, at a time when we would, we'd love to do it in person, but we can't. And we are, you know, we're actively look, looking at how we offer uh, a, a testing program to coworkers and, and what that might look like. It's, it's still in development, but, but that's sort of the next step for us is to see how we, how we can potentially use testing to keep particularly our high-risk coworkers more safe. Well, that's interesting. We work a lot with companies trying to manage their processes through COVID-19. And, you know, what you've kind of rattled off here in, in the things that you're doing pretty much line up with what we see are best practices across the board. Uh, we don't see a lot of companies that have all of them in place, which is uh, it definitely should be commended for that. Um, when it comes down to, you know, what we're talking about with, with this safety and, and keeping everybody, uh, you know, feeling secure, feeling safe in the workplace, is there any initiative that you guys have done that you're the most proud of um, across the team, whether it be COVID-19 or security or environmental health and safety measures? Is there anything that you're most proud of that you've accomplished? So I think um, there, there are two things that, that were in progress and sort of well-established, but continuing to evolve prior to COVID. And then, and then there's one, one effort that I think coming out of COVID that will be interesting. So the, the things that we had done in the past and have worked well for us, um, one is an is a <clears throat> unequivocal um, focus on contractor safety. And it, it's not always the first thing that people think about when, when they think about you know, environmental health and safety programs, but We've grown so much in the past 10 years and have had such a reliance on third-party contractors and vendors that our, we needed to do that well. And um, so we, we established what I, what I believe now is, is essentially a, you know, a best-in-class program for qualifying contractors, vetting their safety performance, requiring the appropriate training when they come on site, having a safe work permit. Um, 
methodology that the people really use um, that establishes solid communication between contractors and and Boston Beer coworkers. Um, that since since we focused on that program, we've had zero contractor issues um, at, at at any of our large breweries, and and that is that's something that you know. I, I I couldn't I wouldn't have said that you know seven years ago and so we you know I'm very proud of that and 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 I'm I'm happy that you know and I think our contractors are very pleased with that and happy to come work for us because we can offer that that safety and that commitment to to making sure that they stay safe when they're on our property so that's one the second one is a a something we launched about probably going on two years now. Um, and I say that because it takes sometimes it takes a while for these programs to kick in. But this program was launched at our Pennsylvania brewery around ergonomics. And, you know, um, and we, you know, we always had our share of strains and sprains and um, muscular skeletal disorders that, and they were probably sort of the, the most significant part of our, our injury. Um, and so we decided to focus on it and we did so in partnership with a, with a local hospital and we brought an ergonomist and an athletic trainer onto the property and um, developed a program around, you know, evaluating how people work at their particular work center. Um, we introduced stretching exercises and then we, we also introduced a, an employee kind of early intervention program where if someone was feeling any kind of, you know, muscular issue, the athletic trainer was there to help work work them through it. And it could be anything from, you know, I was unloading the dishwasher this morning and I felt a tweak in my back to I just slipped on some water and my ankle feels funny. But that trainer was there to sort of provide immediate and thoughtful um, direction for the coworker. So it wasn't so much hands-on as it was kind of minds-on. And, you know, certainly if, if there was an emerging issue or something that was more serious, they get referred out to a physician. But but it established a an, an interesting, a new a new level of trust between our coworkers and the safety organization that we cared about their health and their well being kind of holistically. It didn't matter if they were hurt from something that happened at home. It mattered that they were healthy wherever they were because that their their total holistic health matters to us. Like that's what keeps us going and keeps them showing up for work every day. So I think. And, and we saw great results from it. Um, coworkers loved it. Um, it continues to stay. We've actually increased um, the number of hours we have someone on site now, and we are launching it at our um, two other large breweries. So really happy about that. An area where I think is it's not quite developed yet, but an area that you know we want to think about coming out of COVID is how do we apply the the focus that that coworkers assigned to their personal health and well-being during the pandemic. How do we capture that and get them to continuously apply that outside of a pandemic? It was interesting dynamic, you know, during during the last 9 months we've seen a precipitous reduction in work-related injuries. And that's not necessarily because anything's changed in the workplace. It's because coworkers are uber focused on their on their own personal health and well-being and they're taking it seriously because they don't want to be sick, but when you when you have that kind of focus on yourself and you're paying attention to your own personal well-being in that way, it tends to migrate to other parts of your life. And so, 
um, we saw this reduction. The challenge now is to take that and package it in a way that, um, you know, we can continue to enable that kind of focus and accountability and responsibility for personal health. That's interesting. So you uh, basically get a better trained, better performing employee out of what was the restrictions that were put in place as part of the pandemic. And that's a good way to look at this. If you actually get employees that come out of this better than they came in to the whole situation, uh, you've actually gained. And obviously, you guys are doing a lot of things right if you're setting records for the amount of product going out the door. One thing that I, I was thinking when we first started talking about setting this one up is there's not a there's not a, a really large representation of women in leadership roles in environmental health and safety or security. You know, what kind of advice would you give women looking to get into this type of role? I mean, I, I think the advice I would give I would give to anyone, you know, trying to to get into this role. Well, I guess for women specifically, I would say there is a place for you in this space, and and a, a really important place. And I, as, <laughs> I guess I'll step back and say so. I was a sociology major. I don't, I don't have a background. I didn't get a bachelor's in EHS or a science. Um, well, sociology is a behavioral science, but, and, and I've always sort of chuckled about that because I think that having that sociology background and having that perspective has made me a better, more sensitive and more aware safety manager. And because at the end of the day, these, you know, these, these situations come down to behaviors. You know, we often solve for behaviors with, with technology solutions or engineering solutions, but at, at their core, safety risks are, are, are a reflection of how people behave. And so, um, so uh, you know, I, I come to it from, from that perspective. I've always taken the position that if an opportunity opens, you know, you go through, you, you, you walk through that door and, um, you know, I've, I've never been afraid of the uncertainty, um, of, of that effort. And, and I just, I think that there's lots of opportunities in, in the environmental health and safety and increasingly in the security space for, for women, you know, for people of color, for, you know, diverse communities to, to really step into that space, which, you know, hopefully they will do increasingly. Absolutely. I understand where you're coming from as a criminal justice major. Um, we did a lot of sociology uh, study and you kind of understanding people decide to behave in certain ways. I, I could see how that plays a big role in determining how you best approach people, how you best train people and how you best oversee the safety of people that you're uh, you're, you're working with. And Jeff, I just—I guess I would just add that I think that there's room in this conversation for the different perspectives that people bring to it. You know, like as, as you point out, right? So, you know, the, the the life experiences that a woman has, you know, are different than some of the life experiences that a that a man has, and the life experiences of someone who um, from a diverse population is are different, and and those experiences have value to the health and safety space. And, and so I, I just would encourage people to take advantage of that. Yeah, I, I certainly understand that well-rounded background is going to play it well in any industry. But when it comes down to dealing with people sometimes at their most high-stress situations and in the worst parts of their lives when it's in an accident or a security incident or whatever it may be, 
obviously having that kind of you know wherewithal of what's actually happening and, and how you can best interact based on that background makes a lot of sense to me. I think, uh, you know, we've gotten some great information from you. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I did have one last piercing question. And I don't really want to alienate any of your brands, but do you have a favorite uh, beer or one of your beverages? I do. Um, My favorite beer is a beer we started producing about three years ago called Love Conquers Ale. I don't know that it's, I'm pretty sure it's not widely distributed. It 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 was mostly done in Boston. Um, it's a, a blackberry basil lime goza, which is kind of like a, a little bit like a sour beer, but infinitely, infinitely drinkable. Um, and an interesting story about that beer is actually the, uh, it was developed by one of our female brewers. She had stopped on her way into the office for a coffee and she bought a donut that had blackberries and basil and lime. and as she ate the donut, she thought that might be, it might make for a decent beer. And so we, we, she made it, we brewed it and it's, it's in its third year. And it, um, it's, it's a, it's a fabulous drinking beer. It's also, um, it's, it's, it was developed to represent our commitment to diversity and inclusion. And, um, and so we, we roll it out during pride month and, um, and it's, uh, it's a very special beer for, for the Boston beer company and it tastes good too. Wow. That is a definitely interesting flavor combination. I don't think I've seen it here in the Chicago market, but I will uh, keep an eye out the next time I'm in Boston. I want to take the opportunity to thank you for coming on and doing this with us. It's been very informative to be able to hear you know, from your perspective, someone that's essentially managing this system across a very large uh, corporation and doing it evidently very successfully with all the numbers that you guys are doing. Very impressed to hear everything that you've done and the way that you're actually doing it. I I can't say enough that um, what you guys have developed there seems to be kind of cutting edge and, uh, you know, a real model for how to continue operating in very difficult environments. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, it's worked for us. So fingers crossed it continues to work into 2021. We'll, We'll keep our fingers crossed for you as well. Thank you so much for coming on. 